0: Welcome to the Debo Unfiltered podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Badnar.
1: We are here to engage, educate, and hopefully empower you.
2: Today's episode is going to be about setting boundaries and just boundaries in general in the African family. Now, we all know that personal boundaries are the limits and rules that we set for ourselves within. Relationships and those relationships can be with your siblings, with your parents, in your marriage, with your children, in friendships, even at work. But, um, in the African family setting, it's very hard to set boundaries because let's be honest, guys like, from when we we're kids, we're af- often taught that we have to bend ourselves, we have to mold mm-hmm. ourselves to make other people comfortable. And this is something like that's how we are raised. And sometimes this messaging is even implied in like school dress codes where you're not really allowed to express yourself, you know, or sometimes it's even like, hey, hug your grandpa, even if you don't want (laughs) to hug your grandpa, (laughs)
0: Right.
2: you know, because as a kid, like. We sense people's energies and sometimes you mm-hmm. don't want to hug Uncle Modu or like Uncle Saul because you're like, I- I'm getting right. the heebie vibes from this uncle. But, you know, so it's no wonder that when we grow older, we find it really difficult to set boundaries, you know, for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're so careful not to offend and hurt other people that, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we don't mind betraying our own self just to make everybody else comfortable. You know? Um so oh, Mary, I'm gonna throw it to you. Like when you think personal boundaries or setting boundaries in in African family context, when do you think you actually were old enough to say these are my boundaries and you can't cross them?
0: Sheesh. I'm still I'm still having a hard time with it. I mean the thing is like um so there's immediate family, right? And those I wouldn't say I have boundaries because I'll just go over and bed myself for, you know, siblings, my mom, husband, kids, like, yeah, that's just how it is. Or so maybe they already know what to test, right? So they go for it, but I don't have issues. Yeah, I wouldn't say I have issues with that. It is normally my my problem. Um, and that is, I don't know if it's a pet peeve, more of a boundary, but I always feel like you got to know me, know me for for you to call me and gambian people will call your phone directly and i'm like how do people can you know actually it's not only like (laughs) why would you just dial me like do i know you like that like you know so um you know you give out a business card and literally you know less than 30 minutes later they're calling your phone and i'm like normally i prefer my call schedule um like if it's calls from my children, I'll pick up. But normally, I don't pick up phone calls like that. It has to be like emergency for me to pick up phone calls, or oh, I know you know you for me to pick up a phone call. So those are the type of I feel like the boundaries that you know. It's it's just normal for people to just dial. Like for, for me to call somebody, I feel like I gotta have like a conversation with you early. Hey, I'm gonna call you around three o'clock. Is that okay? You know, and so when I think about that, it's like, how do I communicate that to them, especially if I don't know them? Right. And so mm-hmm. like um, right before I, I got in, um, like last night, I, I received so many phone calls, obviously, because of every, all this work that we're doing right now and mm-hmm. people will just call and share. And I don't mind that. But at some point you become so exhausting that i'm hearing like stories upon stories upon stories and it's not something that's scheduled and i feel like too um people don't especially if it's work related they do not prefer sending an email right um and so i have to educate even the young people i think you know when i think about uh boundaries it's like how do i educate them on how to how I want to be treated, right? Or mm-hmm. things that I expect or my expectations. Okay. And so I always say, here's my email address. Email me what exactly you need and we'll communicate that way. That that way at least if it's on my time that I can respond to and not feel like, you know, taking a phone call. Because you don't know what people got going on during the day. You know, there's so much work. that um, it's happening. You have family time, you have extended family, you know, you have a hubby and all of that. And so it can be overwhelming to add a phone call to that. And so by the time that, you know, you can even give, you feel like you want to give that time, you exhaust it because somebody else took that away from you. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm saying Mm -hmm. it right, but Mm -hmm. um, pretty much it's just now it's like, you know, schedule a time and then we'll have a conversation. And that way I'm prepared to even have the, the energy, you know, and the space to bring you in. So anyway, I'll pass it to uh, Dr. Nafi.
1: Thanks. Ella. So what I'm hearing you say, it's interesting. So your boundaries, you're more talking about like professional boundaries where people have to learn to be professional and not call you at certain times of the day. Um, meaning you, you know, in our culture, people will call you at 11 o'clock at night. And one that's o'clock. just okay, right? Right, right mm-hmm. one o'clock in mm-hmm. the morning. And that's mm-hmm. just, hey, how are you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we need to set those types of boundaries. I totally agree. Um, I personally, I don't even call people after nine o'clock at night. That's always been my thing. Like 839, mm-hmm. I don't call people unless I have a really close relationship with you right? Then mm-hmm. I, wh- where I know it's okay. And even that, I'll text you first and see if exactly. you answer and then I'll call mm-hmm. you. So there needs to be boundaries. It does not matter what relationship it is. So um, in general, like Anna, you hit it in the head when you talked about us uh, us African um, society, like uh, in general, the things that were taught. So boundary is not a word that we are familiar with, right? So there's the Western, like westernized quote-unquote right westernized culture versus this collective culture which is what we know growing up in Gambia if you have a you know an African uh, family we are more geared or taught to have this collective cultural mindset where things like you know like sacrificing or um honor loyalty these are the core values that we we are taught or we have right in a collective uh, culture so saying no to a family or setting boundaries can be perceived as either selfish or rude that's just the bottom line right like you can't say no to your family that's considered uh, very selfish of you and so we live in a society or i would say the gambian um, community is, is one that where family members, I would say, identify with each other um, closely enough that they often make decisions for the family as a whole. Like the older brother of the household or the eldest in the family tends to make a decision for everybody else, mm-hmm. right? And this tends to happen even when we are all grown adults, Right, so the eldest person has this thing where they feel like they can speak for everybody else, and yeah, there are times where you need to set boundaries and say, We're all grown ups, you don't have to speak for everybody. Um, let's discuss it as a family and then make decisions as opposed to one person unilaterally making decisions for everybody just because that's culturally what's acceptable and 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 that's what's done. Um, I would even say. I I heard you say, Awa, that for you, it's mostly extended people as opposed to your inner circle. I would even take it closer and say that there needs to be boundaries, even within our closer family, within our siblings, right? There has to be, um, because, for example, if you think about it, in Gambia, we have this thing where culturally, um, your sisters, your brothers all have a say in your marriage, mm-hmm. right? So we need to have boundaries for those types of behaviors as well. Whereas if you are a married woman, right, um, your mother in law pretty much runs your household. What she says goes, or your, your father in law, what, what he says goes in your household, right? So even uh, so for men in our cultures, like right, they need to also set the boundaries that listen, this is my family, therefore. Mom, dad, I, I I respect your opinion, but you don't run my household. We have a hard time setting that boundaries because we feel again that that would be considered rude if you set limits. And so we let our ex external like our external family um pretty much dictate or are pretty involved in our day-to-day family decisions, right, which sometimes can cause a lot of unrest and chaos around the household when you have somebody on the outside telling you this is how you need to run your household or talk to your wife or talk to your husband stuff like that um mm-hmm. so I think that that is something we definitely need to raise more awareness in um yeah I'll let Anna speak a little bit on it and then I'll circle back around because I want to address a little bit about like financial uh, boundaries for oh. sure it's a big one for me so
2: good <laughs> yeah. Girl, we are yeah. we are definitely gonna get into that because we're talking about you know boundaries in the African family setting. And we all know that our boundaries are very loose if we have any at all. I know growing up, we grew up as a very close-knit family. And when we got to the age where we were now having boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives, we didn't know how to navigate that because we were mm. so intertwined and mm. so much into each other's lives that we didn't know where each other started and the other one ended. So like mm. I was the first to get married. So when I got married, like my sisters would come over to my house all the time. My my brothers will come and just open the fridge, like, mm. like it was their home because we're close like that. Or like my husband would come home and find my brother laying on my bed with me and we're Mm. chit-chatting oh yes Mm. (laughs) oh yes like Mm. when I tell you we had no boundaries I mean we had no boundaries growing up like we hung out on my parents bed my parents (laughs) hung out on our beds and we would walk and tell Mm. stories and laugh and so we we didn't know like you know, mm-hmm. there's personal space and respect privacy. And like, we were four girls. So mm-hmm. all four of us would pile into the bathroom. One is in the mm-hmm. sink, one is in the shower, one is in the toilet. So literally we had no boundaries. <laughs> so when, when we started dating and getting married, mm-hmm. it was a shit show because we now had to learn, oh, mm-hmm. you mean I can't just walk into my sister's marital mm-hmm. bedroom? Like, mm-hmm. no, you can't. Because she has a whole ass spouse and Mm -hmm. that's their private space. So we had to learn those things. And I think, I I think in Gambia, because when we're young in Africa general, we're taught at a a young age to put our feelings ahead of other people's feelings ahead of our own. Right. Mm -hmm. To the point where when you ask us what are our boundaries, we'll tell you we don't know. Because there are no boundaries. Right. So getting to, learning that, I feel like it happened here in the Western world. And mm-hmm. us picking up books and reading to realize, yeah, Nafi, um, what you were saying is very true. In Gambia, when people get married, you're talking about mother-in-laws controlling your household. How about your husband's female friend? What? Thinking, no. Oh, yes. We have that in the Gambian culture where men have female friends who they consider like the woman Mm. of their lives, right? It's not, it's like a best friend, someone Mm. they can confide in. And sometimes they give these women so much power that the women think they can come into the marriages of these men and control the wives or have a say in the house. And I know this Mm. is something that is happening. And a lot of Gambian women listening right now are like, oh yeah, I've dealt with that or I I had to fight with my husband to set boundaries with this woman. Now, not Mm -hmm. to even speak of siblings like sisters who are not married and they make their husbands. I mean, their brother's marriage is their business. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of Gambian women, especially when your older sister's not married and the younger brother gets married or the older sister feels like, Oh, now she has a say in your children's lives, what your wife is doing. Oh, your wife spends too much money. She likes to buy expensive things. Oh, you need to do this. Or, Mm -hmm. The other thing is also where the brother feels like he needs to, when he buys something for the wife, he needs to buy it for the sister, almost making the sister like a wujat to the wife. And then Mm -hmm. that becomes a very contentious relationship between the sister and the wife. So I'm just saying that to say, we have definitely lack of boundaries in the African family and learning to set our boundaries, the older we get can be very very difficult. And I know when I started learning to set my boundaries, I lost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair for us to talk about that, that when you learn to set your boundaries, you do lose some people, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, because of the way we were brought up to just go ahead and, and allow everyone to do and say what they want and treat us mm-hmm. how they want. And we were supposed to just go along to get along. We all became people pleasers and I'm mm-hmm. a recovering people pleaser.
0: Mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. <laughs> speak it girl <laughs> i like i like the word recovery mm-hmm. you know people pleaser because mm-hmm. i think we. i think in so. i mean yeah maybe you're recovering but you probably still do have some you know little aspect or component of it because i feel like sometimes i still do for people that i really care about um mm-hmm. Uh, you know especially like family members there there are some that you just I don't know I mean I don't know if it's weakness or you're right it's just the upbringing right we just you know raise to care um, over the top um, to a point where we have no limits that are that are set um, so we just keep going and but you know you shared about the your friend and then in-laws yeah that's mm-hmm. that's a lot I mean I do know that obviously in Gambia it happens actually maybe even different cultures but that's a lot to I mean I could even see maybe in laws because you know obviously you hear those stories all the time but a friend mm-hmm. that's like my, my first time like a guy with a female friend controlling somebody's household like that is just absurd um, to allow that and um, but I think I kind of do culturally um blame how we were raised in some sort right because we don't we're not we're not as a people like want to express our needs or we're not um let me say we we're just not taught to communicate what we want right or Mm -hmm. when you want it right because if you do that you're being disrespectful you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah and so um I you know as you as you were speaking both of you I was just thinking about my own children like Mm -hmm. um you know am I am I teaching them how to set those boundaries so when they get older I mean yeah they're a little bit more westernized. I'll tell you I don't want to do it and so I'm just looking at them like how dare you say that (laughs) because that's not what we do (laughs) that's just not what we do it's like but I don't feel like it you know, because we I mean, imagine right when we're younger, if they tell you go do something and you're like, I don't feel like it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that just doesn't happen. And so I think it's something that if, if it is something that you can do, there's things that I, I feel like could be a detriment to your self-awareness or even self-love because you're constantly giving to a point where you have nothing left, um, especially when I go home to the game, for example, um, where everybody is literally, you know, looking up to you, like, kind of sort. And so and it's, it's really exhausting, because obviously, you feel like you can't say no, right. And Mm -hmm. you feel like, you know, if it's not gonna take away from you, why not just, you know, help out. But, you know, for me, it's like, I like peace. So regardless of what it is, let me do it on my time. Right. And not on your time because you need it right away. Let me do it on my time. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah,
1: that would be my take, I think. That definitely. Wow. So I wanted to talk a little bit about an, um, experience that I had with, uh, uh, one of my friends, well, a Gambian guy that I knew growing, growing up, he now lives in the U.S. And um, he wanted me to go to dinner at his house. So when we had the interaction on the phone, he said, you know, I would love for you to come over for dinner, you know. but um, And he said, but you know what? Let me run it by my wife first, and then I'll get back to you. And I'll let you know what day works for her. her. Mm -hmm. let me tell you how excited I was and how mind blown I was that this gentleman actually said that, right? Because Mm -hmm. if we have to be honest, we don't have a lot of boundaries in that aspect. And so there's a lot of our men folk who will invite the whole city to come over for dinner. Mm -hmm. They don't check with their wives. And then in turn, this has to become the wife's responsibility of cooking all day for dinner parties, exhausted, had to work. So in that aspect, setting boundaries as well, where you're like, listen, I'm not always going to be the one having the dinner party every Saturday where the whole like clan family, extended family, everybody just comes on over to my house and I'm cooking all day long. So that to feed people. So in setting boundaries that way also where, you know, social boundaries where you're like, instead of everybody coming over to my house mm-hmm. where I am cooking all day, how about maybe we do things like putlock? I mm-hmm. cook something, you all bring something. And then that way it eases the woman's stress, her anxiety, and it saves time for everybody. So mm-hmm. when when my friend said that, I was just like, wow. I've remembered in the past where people just invited folks over. They didn't have to check with the wife to see if she had something going on, if she was okay with that. It was just, that's how it is. And then, so I'm glad that to see now that a lot of our, um, our, um, you know, friends and family are actually making boundaries. And as, 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 um, like um, couples, right? People are making boundaries where the women are saying, "Listen, I am working nine to five, just like you are. So I'm tired when I come home. So I would like for you to communicate some of these plans with me, so that I can let you know if it works for me as well." It's just being thoughtful. I I feel like, and sometimes mm-hmm. in some of in some of the ways that we act in our culture, this, sometimes we 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 can take people. For granted, where we do things like, Anna, you say, people can come to people's homes and stay until 1 a.m. Dude, go home. Like, I'm trying to go to sleep. But culturally, you cannot tell people, hey, can you go home? I need to sleep because that's considered rude. You know what I mean? So we need to be able to have those types of boundaries. So let me just pivot to the financial aspects of things. And I know you all, I mean, I don't know a Gambian who's (laughs) in the Western countries who cannot relate to this. Like, seriously, Mm -hmm. there comes a time when you have to set boundaries because of the expectations that there is culturally of you, right? You have to, to, everybody feels they need to call you for financial responsibility, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and my cousin I was talking to yesterday was just telling me about how he's so frustrated that he now has seven people name their children after him and all of a <laughs> sudden he's financially responsible for those children yep. like what is going on yep. we need to be able to like we need to have we need to set those boundaries you cannot name your child after me and then in the hopes that that child's entire financial responsibility then falls on me, you know, and now we do that Mm -hmm. as a gimmick to take responsibility away from the actual parents. So if I name my child, our Mary and our Mary, you know, is financially stable and she does well for herself. That means she will be able to take care of my child. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we then push this child's responsibility onto, onto our Mary, right. Or on Anna, I remember when I was a kid, when uh, um, any kind of really, right, mm-hmm. people flock over to our house and, and it's mostly because most of these people that are coming, whether it's the kids that are sent over or the parents themselves are coming, asking for money because, hey, I named my child after you. You remember him? Well, Julie is coming. You need to buy them shoes, outfits, this. Oh, school is opening. You need to be able to buy them uniforms and and, and book bags and this and that. And this. and I feel like there is no boundaries when it comes to that. And I watched my parents actually fall victims of that, meaning they did not say no to anybody. Hmm. And again, that's culturally because we are, I would say, um, conditioned that saying no means you're selfish Mm -hmm. and it means you're rude and so (sighs) you know so you don't want to be labeled selfish or rude so then you just pretty much you know succumb to the pressures of culture and you're doing 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 you become like a yes you know woman or yes man where when your families and friends approach you you just have to do and do and do to your own detriment you know, and I I do things differently than my parents do. I feel like um, it, it maybe it has to do with the fact that I lived in the Western world for quite a while and that I feel like it gave me the skills to be able to set boundaries in a very respectful way. I won't yell at you, but I will let you know that I can help you this time, but I have a lot of other responsibilities, so I won't be able to do it all the time. So I don't want this to be an a usual occurrence, right? But I can help you as much as I can help you, you know, because I'm not trying to deter people from helping friends and family. We should do that. If you are financially able to, we should do that. What I am trying to set is that people need to have boundaries, period. Take mm-hmm. it over, Anna.
2: Thank you, Nafi. But I'm 100% with you that when it comes to boundaries, we all need to figure out what are our boundaries and to set them. Now there's different kinds of boundaries. There's emotional boundaries and just protecting your own emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And so many times, I feel like as Africans, we feel like our emotional boundaries are something that anyone can trample on. Mm-hmm. and then we find ourselves mentally unwell, and then mm-hmm. we wonder why. It's because Mm -hmm. we don't have any boundaries. So it's important for us to sit down and say, even your own husband, is my husband respecting Mm -hmm. my emotional boundaries? But before you ask that question, you have to ask yourself, have you set them? Then we also Mm -hmm. talk about physical boundaries. Physical boundaries are very hard in Africa Mm -hmm. where like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all sharing a room or... Mm -hmm. You stand in line. You know how it is when you go to any public service in Gambia. Mm. You stand in line. The person is literally breathing mm. down your neck. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, my God. Mm. You
1: know, right.
2: you're like, dude, can you back up? Like, take mm-hmm. three steps back. Why yeah. can I smell your breath and you're not even talking to me? You're right. too close. And then Mm -hmm. there's, of course, sexual boundaries in a marriage, in a relationship. You know, we have to make sure that we're protecting our needs and our safety sexually. So we have to set those those boundaries in the workplace. I've worked in Gambia and I've seen the lack of boundaries in the workplace, how people will just walk into your office. They don't knock or Mm -hmm. wait a minute. There's this one there's this one, because there's also religious righteousness in the Gambia. That's mm-hmm. on another level. When it's time to pray, people will go into the bathroom, do their wudu, mostly mm-hmm. Muslim people, and then they will come back, take their sajada, which is their prayer mat, and come in your your office and just flip, put it on the floor and start praying. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you can't say anything. I mean, they're praying to God after all. How could you tell mm-hmm. someone they can't pray in your office? But I'm in the middle of a phone call. I'm in the middle of um, writing an email. I'm writing a a paper. I'm doing a summary of a report. Like, don't just barge into my office because Mm -hmm. you need to pray. I don't care. That's between you and your God. Like I am at the workplace, but then I feel like people are scared to set these boundaries at work because then you're gonna be seen as being a non-believer or like Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. even if you don't pray at the office. I remember when I went to Gambia and everyone, when it's time for prayer, they're all rushing to the bathroom and throwing their wigs so that they can wash themselves <laughs> for prayer. And I'm like, okay, great for you. And they're like, Hana, Anna, Yodori, Julie. I'm like, I do pray. Well, you know, here, you don't have to wait until you get home to pray. You can pray in the office. Maybe I feel comfortable praying at home. And I still never prayed in the office. And I know how I was looked at. Right. So that's one of those workplace boundaries that you're like, I don't care what your perception is of me not running to pray when everyone is praying. That's mm-hmm. again, that's between me and my God. Then there's also material boundaries. We're in Gambia protecting our personal belongings. It's like it's a crime. If someone comes to you and says, hey, can I borrow that dress you wore to the ta 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 I want to wear it to this wedding Oh, that gold chain and that beautiful jewelry set. Can I borrow it? Can I borrow your car? Can I borrow? And if you say no, you're seen mm-hmm. as being stingy. Mm-hmm. On the on mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Like, no, these are my personal things that I bought with my money and I value them. And it's not for public consumption. I don't care that you're my cousin or my sister or my husband's uh, sister, or an in-law. So these are some of the things that I've seen in Gambia Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, lack of boundaries where, and then you get, the, the, the worst part is you get mad, right? You borrow them your thing, and then now you're upset. So you've betrayed yourself. Instead of being upset, you should have just said no. But we have a very hard time saying no, and I know that has a lot to do with the culture and the way that we're brought up. But it's okay for us to start building those boundaries, setting those boundaries the older that we get. And of course, time. Some people Mm -hmm. don't respect your time. That's Mm -hmm. one of the boundaries that I think a lot of people have a pet peeve about. There's some people that will keep you waiting. And then when you leave, hi, why are you leaving? I was just around the corner, around the corner two hours ago. You're still sitting there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I agree. agree.
2: (laughs) And they haven't even left their house. They Um, have not even taken a shower. But they're telling you they're on the way. Like, it's it's so disrespectful. Like, I value my time. You know, so Mm -hmm. let me know exactly when you're going to be there. So I know when I should also be there. So we meet at a time that's mutually agreed upon. Not having Mm -hmm. somebody sit around waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Now... Let's get into the financial boundaries, my people. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Because especially when it comes to our parents, oh, I feel like a I was lot just of gonna... girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> get into it.
2: <laughs> a lot of us have a very hard time setting financial boundaries when it comes to our parents. Because we're raised that. Your parents are the reason why you are where you are today. So therefore, now that you're an adult, you owe them everything. Everything you are today is because of your parents. It's this blanket statement that we make in Africa. And we've all agreed that, yes, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But guys, it's not. We are where we are because of our parents raising us and because of our own resilience. Our parents couldn't take the test for us. Our parents couldn't sit in the classroom for us for four years, even if they paid for the school fees. I need us to see our value and our effort and our energy and our discipline in how we became the successful people that we are. We cannot just say it's because of my parents and therefore today I owe them everything. Your dad calls you and say, ah, auntie so-and-so is having uh, health issues. Can you please send 10,000? First of all, I'm sending you a monthly allowance and now you want me to help auntie this, uncle that, cousin this, and then kids feel like they can't say no, not me. I am quick to tell my dad. No, literally (laughs) no, because my priority is my life, my children, my husband, my family. And I do not have, and again, like I shared with you all, I've lost a lot of people when I found my no, and when I started setting my boundaries and the the people you lose sometimes the most is the f- family that's closest to you and the mm-hmm. friends that are closest to you. Because when you start saying no, it's affecting all the things that they're used to getting away with from you. Again, I shared mm-hmm. y'all, I am a recovering mm-hmm. people pleaser. So mm-hmm. I know what it's like to want to everyone to like you, to even over-apologize, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. create validation, to let people mm-hmm. take advantage of you, or even feel mean or guilty when you set your boundaries. But listen, mm-hmm. my therapist told me, you need to stop betraying yourself to make other people feel good. Honor yourself first. And when I started mm-hmm. honoring myself first, life tell you, life pockets got heavier mm-hmm. and amen to that.
0: I would say I think um, if you really look at it as you guys are speaking I'm thinking why why are we like this as people Mm -hmm. and um, I think it's because if you notice at least for me every time I go back I notice we have this sense of entitlement like I feel like our people are raised with that sense of entitlement just because I'm your mother or your father or whatever it is and for those I don't care. Like, you know, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll cut my limb for them. But, um, you know, but other people just feel like they're entitled, whether it's, you know, a family member or even a friend, even if somebody that you don't know. Hell, let's just talk about the begging that's on the street, right? Or even the little young girls that are selling the mint on the street. They they feel like they're entitled for you to purchase. It's like, how dare you say no to me and not buy, Right. Um, There's this lady, uh, God, Lord, I actually avoid Bank on Caraba Avenue because she sells bananas and mandarins. So when I first moved back, um, I was a sucker for it, right? Because I feel, you know, I have this sympathy for women selling. So I would always buy, give out the bananas because the bananas, if they're super ripe, I don't like them, right? Or if they're hot, I don't like hot bananas. It's really yucky. Anyway, so I'll buy and just give it out, but I continue doing that, and I noticed that she actually would sell me like overpriced bananas. Like if the if the banana is supposed to be hundred dollars, she sells it like one fifty or two hundred, depending, right? And she'll always tell me like you know I'm a banana of a league, blah blah blah. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm you know helping her out. So it wasn't until I went with a team member. And they were like, no, like, why do you keep buying? And I'm like, I just feel bad. And I just feel like she bombards me. As soon as she sees my car, she's coming in from parking. And she'll patiently wait for me to go in the bank or the ATM for me to come out. And like, will just, she can't, can't take no for an answer, right? Gotta give it to her. She can sell. That's for damn sure. But, and I'm like, oh my God, can I just continue? Like, but it's that sense of entitlement like, I'm supposed to buy because I'm doing a little bit better, right? So I'm supposed to purchase it. And so I've learned, let's say, about a few months now, I would, say I, I would say from March, maybe, roughly, to now, I say no. Like, every time I see her, no, I don't need the bananas. Like, I don't need it. You know, it was actually even, when was it, Friday? Um, actually, no, Saturday was the same thing. It was like, no... I'm like, no, need my bananas, right? So, and I think just learning that word no and stating that, like, I'm not going to do it anymore if I don't feel like it. And that's mainly, it's like, if I don't feel like it. But I think really it just goes down to that sense of entitlement as people, as a community, as a country. Majority of us have that sense of entitlement, especially the younger folks. And I'll tell you, um, I wouldn't say that I think it all well maybe it's also a reason why now you have a lot of young folks that don't want to go back to school or even work they'll prefer to steal right I think it's all um, because of, again that sense of entitlement like you know what the government is supposed to do for me you know the government is this the government that sometimes I literally just can't shake my head off like how many things do you you know just take all of it and just throw it at, okay, it's boroughs and boroughs administration and not really look within yourself. What are you doing to contribute towards your own economic, um, increasing your own economic opportunities? Like, what else are you doing for yourself? Like, um, for us, we had to go to school, right? We had to, you know, not only the four-year degree, but also higher, you know, post-education, postgraduate education, et cetera, et cetera, and work, let's just talk about how much, how many hours we work a day. I don't know about y'all, but I don't even like, sometimes weekends, I don't even have a day off. Like Mm -hmm. I work on my regular job. I do consultancies. Mm -hmm. Then I also have to run, you know, take care of a home, take care of children and husband Mm -hmm. and I'm exhausted. And so I feel like now as I'm getting older, I have to evaluate who I give my money, right? Mm -hmm. And not feel like Just because you're begging on the street, you're entitled to my money. I feel like you have to also work hard because we've allowed people to constantly take, right? It's like that culture of giving all the time where they don't want to work. So I think about it, right? Like yesterday I saw this lady was stuck in traffic and she has a baby in the back. And I'm looking at her and she's going to carp on cars, right? And obviously you know, they'll, they'll profile you. If you're a little bit more fair skinned, they just automatically think that you're going to give it to them or you have it. And I kept saying no. And she just stood there and I kept saying no, but I'm thinking, what's wrong with your legs and your hands? Like you can't go work, whether it's even bagging groceries or even washing clothes or cooking for somebody or, you know, taking um, housekeeping jobs or whatever. But it's like, no, I'll rather just stand here and beg because somebody will give me 200 dollars, and that for me will be enough for me to live off that day and I'll do it again the next day. So I think it's just that culture of entitlement that we've allowed in our community for so long. Mm -hmm. That's why to set boundaries is going to be very difficult. And that just goes across the board for family and everybody else. That's my take.
1: I was going to make fun of you. I was going to say, "Child, you sound like a Republican."
0: <laughs> I am. Maybe I am. A we'll bit too I conservative. <laughs> Don't just... some <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I
1: oh, was straight up sounds like Fox News, no lie. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously. No, kidding. no I do I do agree with you um uh, for sure about about our culture of entitlement and and how people just feel like they need to be given certain things and i think again like like we all just eloquently said it's just it's 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 been fostered in our mindset since you are a child right and so mm-hmm. we 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 need to definitely make sure it starts from within so we need to have this for our own selves that's you know like that's where we start and then you'll be able to feel comfortable to have boundaries on outward things, right? But we're not even giving ourselves permission to 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 set boundaries for our own selves, like for our own health, our own wealth. We're not, because we have been made to feel like if you do, then you know something is wrong with you. Um, and and I I have to say this whole thing that Anna said, especially with our parents and with our family members, um, a, a close of mine was telling me that. Um, her family, literally everybody's calling her. They're all in Gambia. She's here. Everybody calls her, asks her for money. They named the child after telling her the child was just enrolled in private school. So she needs to pay for that. And they have another baby. This is her mm-hmm. brother in Gambia has another baby called her and is asking her for money for Dangente, And she has to produce that as if it's her responsibility, right? So mm-hmm. she's sending money for that. And now You know, two of the, some, two other kids also need to be enrolled in private school. So then that's now your responsibility to send money. She said she's spending, she's sending like four or $500 a month to that family. And she was saying, you know what? Like the other day I thought about going out to eat and I changed my mind because it's costing me a lot of money to just send to Gambia that I can't even afford to go out to eat. So I put some chicken in the, in the oven, grilled it. And I sat home and ate that instead of going out, but listen to that. Like she's sacrificing Mm -hmm. things for herself instead of setting Mm -hmm. boundaries to say, no, she would rather sacrifice. Like Anna said, we take the internal, um, you know, um, headache and heartache of working hard to please everybody else, work extra hard, give everybody the money, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dead but so I think what we really need to do is self-reflection why are we having such a hard time saying no and that's because something has been ingrained in our minds since us children that you are not supposed to say no same thing as when adults say something to you even if it's not good for you you have to do it because you cannot say no right to adults in our culture and that's a whole different thing you know Rabbit hole, But we could talk about why there's so much um, incest, why and why there's so much sexual abuse of the younger kids, because they are scared to even speak up in our culture. You're not allowed to speak ill of any adult. Right. And so yeah. things just kind of swept under the rug. But that's just for a different day. But but I, I think it's a huge deal this boundary setting that we need to take another look at in our mind. I mean, and in our communities, you know, and I'm, I don't want us to sound like, Oh, you know, we're just bashing that family shouldn't be given anything. No, I'm saying we should cut this enabling act. We're enabling Mm -hmm. people. And, and what is wrong with, for example, the story about this lady and her brother always requesting money from her. What is wrong with him? actually taking care of his own family. He's the one having the children. So don't depend mm-hmm. on your sister to send you money to take care of your own family, right? We've enabled for generations. Um, I I remember a, a closer, actually a family member had a big issue with his dad. He let his dad manage his company. He, he lives in, in the West, like abroad. And so his dad is taking care of his business in Gambia. He hasn't seen a single boutique, Mm -hmm. a single cent. Why? Because the dad feels that you're my child. If I spend your money or if I misuse your money, that's just that. Mm -mm. You Mm -mm. shouldn't, you shouldn't be. Yeah. And the relationship got strained. Like he doesn't talk to the dad anymore because he's like, I need to send boundaries. You're my father. Yes. I respect that. And I will always be grateful for that. However, you cannot use and abuse me like this because you're my parent. You can't just take my money and expect me to not ask for it. Like, how dare you ask me mm-hmm. what I did with your money? Auntie your dad? So I feel like that's just, it's not healthy. It's not a healthy mm-hmm. practice that we do. And I've seen mm-hmm. it quite often, to be to be honest. I've seen it quite often where parents are taking advantage of children. They're, they're grown adult children and these children are having such a hard time extending those boundaries or even implementing those boundaries to their, whether it's their parents, their sisters, their own children. So um, I know I don't, we don't, I don't want us to like belabor the point, but I think my takeaway point, um, people need to be self-aware, right? You need to start within mm-hmm. yourself and we need to be able to understand why we do the things we do in order to fix anything in our culture, we need to initiate the conversation by saying, why do I do what I do? Why do I feel so, why do I feel it's so hard for me to just express how I feel? Right. Because we are, we're from a culture where you're not allowed to express yourself pretty much. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that I think that contributes a lot to the fact that we have a hard time setting boundaries. So just just knowing your self-worth and just making sure um, you understand that self-care setting boundaries for your own mental mental sanity, right? If you have toxic family members, it doesn't matter that it's your sister. Cut the relationship mm-hmm. out, right? Those are boundaries that we are not allowed to set because somebody's your sister. So therefore you're bounded by blood, good or bad. You know, in life, you got to take all the BS that comes with it. No, you don't.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and that's just my take on
2: that. I agree, Nafi. And I'm just going to start by saying no can be a complete sentence. And (laughs) if you would like to offer an explanation, keep it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. But no is a complete sentence. And I think we need to just let that sink in. When it comes to the financial and material boundaries, I feel like financial and material boundaries protect our financial resources and possessions. And these are things that we worked for. And you are not wrong to spend your money as you choose. And it is okay for you to not give out your money or possessions because you don't want to. Because I don't want to. You don't need any additional explanation. You don't need to say, I went all the way to Dubai to get this. I had to work 59 hours. No, because you don't want to. Yo, mom. it is yours. Then I just want to say that we also need to remember that boundaries actually help protect relationships. They're not there to stifle them. And I learned that when I was reading Nedra Tawab's book. If mm-hmm. you're new to setting boundaries, you, ne- you need to start by letting the people you're in a relationship know that you are actually setting boundaries. I feel like w- it needs to be communicated. Like, our oh, Mary, if you're used to coming to me every day and you're like, yo, my yo, mm. and you just take it and go, you're not even asking me, right? Mm. Now, today I decide that I want to set boundaries when it comes to my keys and my car. I'm going Mm -hmm. to communicate that to you. Mm Oh, Mary, moving forward, you can't just Mm -hmm. come and take my car. You have to ask me first and I have to give you permission. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize that a lot of this is also emotional Mm -hmm. manipulation. A lot of times we're in relationships where we're being manipulated. Also, we're being abused. And when you tell your abuser, I no longer want to be abused. Your abuser is not going to jump for joy Mm -hmm. because they want to continue gaining whatever they were gaining from you with no challenge. Mm -hmm. So now that you've put boundaries, they feel like, oh man, you mean I can't just go into Anna's room and grab the keys and go? No, you can't do that anymore. So we want to be in relationships with people where we are communicating what our boundaries are. And I feel like we just want to be less anxious. We want to be less overwhelmed. We want to be less drained, less frustrated Mm -hmm. when dealing with people, which is why it is important that we set these boundaries. And another thing that Nedra Tawab said, she said, if you have to say no, and it's not respected, try Mm -hmm. it again say no again because sometimes when we set boundaries there's going to be several iterations of the boundary setting right mm-hmm. because they're not used to it so the go, the, the 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 um the line is going to keep being pushed you say no you set the boundary they cross the line you set the boundary again mm-hmm. and when when it comes to people that you love you have to know that you can't get tired mm-hmm. right you just you just have to keep setting the boundary because it's important to you. And I feel like also we didn't talk about kids. Our oh, Mary, I know you said that when it comes to your very close people in your life, including your like your mom and your husband and your children, you feel like you don't need to set boundaries. But I feel like it's also important for us to set mm-hmm. boundaries with children. Mm-hmm. And it is okay for us to set boundaries with children. Right. And it sets the stage, right, for us mm-hmm. as they grow and as mm-hmm. we get older what is allowed and what isn't allowed and it's clear Mm -hmm. but i feel like these are these are you know very interesting topics that we're discussing i like that we're going there Mm -hmm. i know we have several more episodes that are coming out and Mm -hmm. people's jaws are going to be on the ground because we Mm -hmm. this season listen we are going to all the places but (laughs) But we we love the feedback that we get um, from our listeners, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or they're DMing us or they're sending us WhatsApp messages. We love that you all are receiving our discussion and you're open to learn and to hear Mm -hmm. and you have your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's all I have to say about the boundaries. You know, it's your job to set the boundaries and just keep communicating it until they get it. If they're not going to get tired, you're not going to get tired. And like Nafi said, sometimes if mm-hmm. you have to, have to cut them off, it's mm-hmm. okay cuz you're protecting yourself. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's just for, I mean, that's just what it is, I guess. You're right. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Well said, Anna. So, yeah, I think you really sp- I was going to ask you like how would you set it, but for for some yeah, people that's, that's probably also something. don't yeah, you're know, right. you know that don't know like where do I start, especially the ones that have those controlling, you know, people in their lives that you know are so overwhelming and they can't say no like i hear so many stories when i go to gambia about um for example i think i heard like a couple where um semesters that come marry these gambian girls leave them behind um they come back to visit gambia they come they have girlfriends then those wives are still sitting there like you know, things that you feel like, am, am I watching a movie? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, um, why why are women allowing these things? Um, and and what's happening? And then also, which I know, Anna, you would love this boy. I heard a lot of stories with, with sugar mamas, right? Like t- toy boys. Oh, no, they call it, hey, I had the word slay kings. Oh, <laughs> that, that was the word for them. So, you know how people say slay queens? Well, uh-huh. they call them slay kings because these are guys, like young guys, that are dating either married women or, I wouldn't even say dating, but, you know, sleeping mm. with married women or uh, divorced you know, women, whatever, you know, um, single women that are older, you know, and all that stuff, take care of themselves, give them cars to drive, give them homes to live in. Honey, like stories you hear. And I'm like, are you serious? All these things happen in our little old country. Life has changed a lot, Mm -hmm. definitely. And so do you see how that sense of entitlement already, right? So it's the Mm -hmm. same thing. All these ladies that have been receiving from, you know, the sugar daddies or whatever they call it back in the day. I think back in the day, sugar daddies, what I call them mm-hmm. now. is something else, right? Um, so they're receiving, you know, gifts and money and all that, as you can see, is very publicly known in our little country. But it's not, you know, nobody's writing about that. They're not writing about the, the slay kings. So this mm-hmm. is actually, I heard about this word on, uh, when was it? Saturday. That's when I heard, you know, the stories about slay kings. I was like, so these things exist. They're like, yeah. Mm. Right. So that and so before, remember, there was a documentary and I think it was CNN or maybe BBC or something like that. Sugar babies? When, no, when they were showing like, you know, the prostitution, but really male. Right. Because, you know, white mm. women will come to the Gambia sleeping with this, with this, you know, Gambian mm. boys. Right. And so you're like, oh, they're coming to our country sleeping, but hell, (laughs) it's not white people now. This is like our own people sleeping with these young guys. And these young guys is like, why do I need to do any work? They don't work. You you hear what I'm saying? They don't work. They just lay kings. I just love the terminology. I had a, I had a, Really good moment, you know, learning about this whole thing. And I feel like it's all too, again, goes back to that sense of entitlement. There's no boundaries. So you just do whatever. I feel like, you know, the all it's it's all stems from the whole thing. But I thought, Anna, you'd really like that when I heard the word. I forgot to tell you earlier. Oh,
2: huh, thank you. Oh,
1: my God. Oh you know, yeah, just to reiterate what Awa was trying to say regarding what are some of the ways to do it. I know it's not easy to implement some of these boundaries. So I would, I would suggest that the first thing you want to do is you, you need to acknowledge the feeling, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. That this is happening to you. And uh-huh. also, if you're going to move to the next step of, of, of implementing any kind of boundaries with whether it's a friend, a family, a coworker, anybody, it's to have the communication, right? Uh-huh. You need to make sure you keep it sweet and short. It does not need to be a long running explanation for it. No. Right. And then just, just make sure you're using things like, I would say use passive language rather than blaming or placing blame. Just say like, this is from, from now on, like Anna said, if you're going to use my car keys, I'm going to need you to ask for it. And there needs to be permission in order for you to take it. Right. Right. You don't need to extend it to every day. You guys are draining me. You don't want to. You don't want to have that tone when you're actually trying to to implement this type of um, boundaries. You want to keep it very passive and keep it sweet and short. Just let them know that from now on, this is how I'm going to do things. You're gonna need to ask me and then wait for me to do this. And the same thing, if for example, the married woman who is tired from work and fatigue, and her husband keeps um, inviting people over for dinner, you know, she's needing to do this, di- um, she's been uh, made to, to um, host these dinner parties. She just needs to have that conversation with the husband and just kind of have them see it from their point of view. You know, when I come from work, I'm really tired. And sometimes I feel like it's helpful if you can have a conversation with me prior to actually extending um, the invite to people just so that you check in with me, whether I have anything else going on and how I am doing uh, physically. And then I would appreciate that much better than you telling me after the fact, when you've invited 10 people over for dinner and you tell me the night before. So Uh you need to have a communication first. You don't just blindside people and say, no, I'm not going to cook today. Like that's, Uh that's not, it's not an effective way of setting boundaries either. So a conversation needs to be had. Uh And then just said like, um, I would say a target like alt um alternative or solution like what's the solution going to be if these people continue to not respect your boundary what you going to do about it sis that's the, that's the bottom line what you going to do nice. are you going to be able to say okay enough is enough i need to cut this off so you need to have this conversation within yourself as to what you're willing to do cuz you can't do this half ass you can't do this partially no, it's either you set boundaries or you don't.
2: No, I agree with That's you. How 100- I see
1: it.
2: Yes, yeah. I agree with you, Nafi 100%. Mm-hmm. I, you, when once you commit, you have to, you have to stay committed. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say this is the new, let it be the new you. First, I'm gonna say is value yourself and your time. That's very quick. You're important and you deserve to be treated well. Period. This, you don't need any more layered thesis. Also, give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to do what's best for you. Mm -hmm. So cultural Mm -hmm. norms suggest that you're supposed to spend time with your family on the holidays. If Mm -hmm. your family is, has a toxic family system, if Mm -hmm. your family relationships are abusive, if your Mm -hmm. relatives hurt you, do not go, period. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay?
2: Know your triggers and anticipate them. This one is so important because I feel like we all have triggers and they're different for each one of us. Know your triggers. Walk away. Go for a walk. Go go read a book. Remove yourself from the situation. Go take a bath. Listen to your music. The minute you see that you are being triggered, my sister, it's time for you (laughs) to leave. (laughs) Don't wait until you get to the point where you're so triggered that now it's explosive and there's a huge Mm hullo. Don't don't let it go there. And then uh, lastly, as Nafi said, be clear about your needs and communicate Mm -hmm. them. Simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And remember, guys, no is a sentence. It sure is. All right, let's wrap
1: up. I guess till next time then. Thank you.